From Impact Alpha, this is Returns on Investment, a show about impact investing. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact for the fintech company LiquidNet. Joining me as always is David Bank, founder and editor-in-chief of Impact Alpha. Hi, David. Hey, Brian. Great to be back. Good to be with you. And joining us is Imogen Rose-Smith, an investment fellow with the University of California. Hello, Imogen. Hi, Brian. Hi, David. Hey, Imogen. <laughs> it's good to be with you both. Uh, I'm here in chilly uh, New York City. Imogen, you're uh, in very chilly Brooklyn. And David, you're coming to us from Impact Alpha's world headquarters in the Bay Area of California. Uh, how, how's the weather there? It's a beautiful day, but uh, we are still watching the fires down south, so we can't be too happy about our sunny weather. Well, on that cheerful note, uh, let's get into the show. One of the most popular parlor games among the Impact crowd is, is that Impact? In fact, we played that a few times on this show. Well, the rise of the REST fund provides an interesting example. David, talk to us about the rise of the REST, and is this really an example of case versus case? Well, let's get to that in a second. Let me just explain a little bit of background. So AOL founder Steve Case said recently he'd raised the first $150 million for his Rise of the Rest Fund, which the idea is to create kind of Silicon Valley-like ecosystems for small-town entrepreneurs all across the country, you know, not on the coast, real America. And he recruited really a sort of, you know, A-list of limited partners, including Google Alphabet's Eric Schmidt, Amazon's Jeff Bezos, Starbucks, Howard Schultz, um, fashion designer, Tory Burch. There were some Pritzkers in there and Waltons and Cokes and KKR and Carlisle. It really was sort of who's who. And all that, of course, was interesting enough to get Andrew Ross Sorkin at the New York Times to write about this. And in that interview, Steve Case said, the rise of the rest, not an impact fund. And he said, we're fans of impact investing, but we actually didn't position this as an impact fund First and foremost, our goal was to generate top returns. You can imagine that got a rise out of some of the impact crowd. I can imagine that. Imogen, uh, what's some of the reaction that you're, you, you've been hearing around that? Well, it certainly does suggest that Steve Case is concerned that you can't have impact and return. Well, um, the story the story goes on, actually, because... Um, that was apparently of concern to both Steve Case and, as Brian hinted earlier on, to Gene Case, his wife, who is the CEO of the Case Foundation. And as you know, folks who listen to this podcast probably know, the Case Foundation has been one of the, and Gene Case herself, been one of the great champions of impact investing. So there was a set of uh, 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 responses, you know, things go around on Twitter and whatnot. And we published on Impact Alpha a piece by Ben Thornley, who's a sort of veteran thinker and, 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 and actor and, and now consultant and, and strategist in the space. And he wrote a piece saying that that case should have uh, embraced impact and not run from it and that he missed a chance to kind of educate other investors and that really it's not a trade-off, as you say, Imogen, um, but that, in fact, measuring impact is a way to do what he called disciplined, accountable, and truly empowering impact. And he said, otherwise, how will we know whether the rest are actually rising? So um, that sort of, again, made the rounds and other people chimed in and whatnot. And then, of course, Steve Case felt obliged to respond himself. And we were very happy he felt uh, obliged to respond in Impact Alpha. So Steve Case, in a post on Impact Alpha, uh, clarified this. And he said something interesting. He said, 
I wanted to set the record straight. I absolutely believe that impact investing can produce the same sort of market returns that other types of investing can achieve. If my comments in the New York Times suggested otherwise, that was not my intent. So he wanted to come down as saying it wasn't uh, necessarily a trade-off. And then he came back to, well, why not call it an impact fund? And where he, where he came down is measuring itself. There, there were three three elements of an impact fund, intentionality, measurement, and, and reporting. And he's doing the first. He wants to have an impact, but he's not doing the second and third uh, measuring and reporting on that social impact. So that's where the debate stands as we, as we speak. And it's, and it's kind of raised all sorts of interesting questions about the trade-off question, as you say, but also this measurement question. But this, I mean, this is crazy to me. Like the idea that you would say, oh, I'm going to make an investment, but I'm not going to measure and report it, right? Like as an investor, why would I give you my money if you're not measuring and reporting? I'm not saying that you have to report, you know, to the overall impact community or that you have to report it in the way that let's say Gene Case might want you to. But it, it, just in the same way, I expect transparency into what you're doing to make your returns. I expect you to report on them. And so it kind of suggests that this is somehow redundant or voluntary or, or unimportant. And you would certainly think if you're trying to invest in somewhere and have a economic and social benefit, you as an investor would want to know what that benefit is. Well, exactly. And this was interesting. This was fascinating little episode for me because I actually changed my thinking about this. I have to make a confession here, which we won't tell anybody, right? But <laughs> a lot of this impact measurement conversation often it was, in my mind, one of the what we call MEGO topics, M-E-G-O, my eyes glaze over. And I, I don't know why, and maybe other readers are like that, but in some ways, you know, it's felt like an exercise that um, was sort of important, but kind of boring. And I will say that I've now come around and I realized that this impact measurement is really almost the whole enchilada. It's like, if you have an impact thesis that says, we're going to put capital to work in places where that are capital starved. And as a function of that, there's, you know, alpha returns, impact alpha returns to be had because, um, ding, 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 sorry. Drinking game trigger. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, there's returns to be had because other investors are not looking there. This is an unexplored area. We understand something about risks that others don't get. Um, these are, are, are overlooked talents and overlooked um, geographies and overlooked markets. Then if that's your impact thesis and that's your investment thesis, you better be measuring it, as Imogen says, in order to know whether you're actually headed towards the right target and whether you you know know when you got there. So right, it's not right. Enough. It's not an optional case. It's actually the whole basis of of your of your funds investment. Right. So, so David, D David, uh, in in June 2016, there was a great post on Medium about uh, the four myths around impact investing, and one of those myths was uh, that you need to sacrifice profit for purpose. Right. And the writer of this this post was, in fact, Gene Case. And I think that what Steve Case said in his post on Impact Alpha is that they are focused on the most immediate problem, getting capital moving quickly to the startups that need investment to get off the ground. So he wasn't saying that they need to sacrifice profit in order to have purpose, but he was saying they needed to sacrifice uh, measurement and management of impact in order to get 
capital deployed quickly. Uh, so is there a trade-off between measurement and deploying capital uh, quickly and effectively? So you're saying it was literally a, a logistical issue of do you have a do you put a body on this question of measurement when you've got to so many other things going on in your presumably small shop and you've got to you've just got to move fast and, and be nimble and not be bothered by by sort of so much reporting. I mean, that that is that is, I think, the argument. And the question is whether that's, you know, that that's obviously something for every investor, every fund manager to to, to sort out for themselves of what they're what they're insisting on. But as image, you know, Imogen just made the point, you wouldn't take that as an answer for financial reporting. But I wouldn't take it as an answer for impact reporting either. Like if I'm going to give you my money and your answer is, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to be deploying it so quickly. We just, we can't possibly measure it. That's crazy. Now I do, that. there is a wrinkle there that I, that makes a degree of sense, right? Which is that the impact takes time to be felt, right? So depending on the duration of the fund, are you really going to know how many jobs you've created in Detroit in a reasonable amount of time. But to say, oh, we're so busy putting this money to work that we couldn't possibly, you know, measure it, then clearly you don't have the infrastructure to be doing what you're doing. The guidebook and sort of guide to impact investing that Steve Case cited was a guidebook that the Case Foundation put out, and it cited these three elements. And so at some level, he is being aligning himself with with those requirements and he's not doing what we often find for other folks do which is impact washing if he's not calling it impact funds then at least he's not trying to get the the, the, the sort of halo of, of of impact as a way to don't, i mean don't you think for the rest of the majority of the world that's a distinction without a difference like the case name is known for impact investing the the target of what this fund is doing is firmly within the wheelhouse of impact investing. So yes, to the sort of the narrowly defined impact community, they're gonna look at this and be like, oh, well, that's not scoring a 10 on the gene case metric of impact specialness. But to the rest of the world, it's gonna look like impact investing. Well, so as Andrew Ross Sorkin wrote in the original Times piece, he said, you know, this was a, the, among the greatest concentration of American wealth and power in one investment fund, uh, but it's only $150 million. So that's pocket money for most of the people who are investors in that fund. Uh, so the idea beyond the money itself was to put together this, as, as Ross Sorkin puts it, a dream team and create a network effect for these entrepreneurs in the middle of the country to align with the biggest names in business. So that it's, it's less about the money and it's more about the network that these entrepreneurs in some of these overlooked cities and, and ecosystems now will have the same access to connections and networks that folks in Silicon Valley and New York and other places uh, have access to. Is that... Is, the thing is, is I really, I'm a big proponent of that idea. Like, and it's actually something that um, I've been looking into and talking to people about. I'm into both, you know, as those who, anyone who was at the High Water Women Investment Conference might know, like, I'm a big urban development nerd. And I also think that this question of how do we bring VC and innovation to overlooked cities or cities that are being emptied out is really crucial and really important like so i care less about the ooh, is it impact is it not question as i do are these the right people to do it and are they going to do it the right way and that's where i think measurement matters because if you're not measuring it then how do you know and to, to david's point that like 
the impact measurement conversation is boring. 99.999% of the time it is boring, and I believe that 50% of the time it's irrelevant. Where it's relevant is when you get into materiality, right, which is always the case. Are you measuring what is material and are you doing it in a meaningful way? And if they're not doing that, then that's a problem. Are these people going to do a good job? Are these the people you want doing this kind of investment strategy? I think that this the headache around measurement and reporting on the non-financial impact of any of these investments is a, a real pain point. Uh, and I, I actually sympathize with Steve Case when he talks about that. And I think that the, the challenge where he feels that uh, in order to do true impact measuring and reporting is uh, beyond the scope of what he and his team are able to do right now. I think that's actually an indictment on the impact investing ecosystem. I don't think it's an indictment on him and his team. And I think that's one of our challenges we have as a space, as a field, is that measurement and reporting on non-financial impacts is seen as this big, complicated, messy thing that no one has truly gotten a handle on. And there's too much and too often impact is seen as being in the eye of the beholder and that there's it's just too much of a headache and it can all be subjective ultimately. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that this this goes to sort of the, the, the preciousness of impact. And I think it's one of the reasons that impact is having a problem scaling, that it's, it's, too, it's too focused on these kind of like almost like consultant nerdy driven details and less on just like getting out there and doing stuff. So I completely agree with you there. I just think that you also need to have robustness around what you're doing as an investor. And I also, I don't know that this is non-financial measurement, right? Like this is a question of how effective is my investment? I want to take it back. I, I think you're, you did a very good job to take it back to the actual um, not just impact, but but sort of investment thesis. So again, if Steve Case is trying to drive capital into these areas that have been capital starved, then we need to really understand, you know, what kind of capital those areas need, what kind of capital, uh, what the impact of that capital is, what kinds of jobs get created in these companies, what kinds of you know benefits they have, what kind of promotional opportunities, training opportunities, where the workforce is you know now, where the workforce will be going forward, all the kinds of actual nitty gritty sort of indicators of whether this strategy is working and effective are the same kinds of things you'd be collecting for so-called impact metrics. Exactly. You don't have a set of metrics or indicators uh, that you would be measuring and capturing to help make your investment decisions that are separate from the kind of metrics and indicators that you would be capturing and reporting on to make uh, a demonstrate impact. You're, you're making the case that they're one and the same. And so whatever he's doing to find these investment opportunities, whatever he's, whatever indicators he's looking at, uh, that those are also impact indicators. And those can be things that he can measure and report on from an impact lens. Is that is that what you're saying, David? That is. And, and that's why a lot of folks are, are getting away from this sort of measurement question. And they're actually talking about impact management. That's kind of the, the trendy phrase, because it basically says, you're not just, you know, doing it, you're not just ticking a box to make sure that some, you you know, so somebody's you know happy that you're doing good. You're actually managing to this impact because that's where the value is. That's the value. That's that's what 
know, that's the reason you're not just an index fund in the public markets, because you know something about where there's some hidden value that you're unlocking with your special capital. Um, and so it's, it's it, again, it's, it's not a separate activity. It is the very essence of, of the fund's thesis. Um, in Steve Case's defense, right? He's not, it's not that he's saying he's not measuring this stuff at all, right? It's just, it seems like it's more that he's not measuring it to the standard that sort of the impact community might like and also not disclosing it, certainly not disclosing it publicly to the broader impact investing network. Right. And I think that's one of the challenges we face uh, in impact land is something that I've said uh, for a long time. It's, it's not just that there's this challenge of impact is in the eye of the beholder, but it's also that there's this challenge that there's a lot of what I call impact incognito and that there are a lot of great companies. There's a lot of great enterprises out there having enormous amounts of impact. There's a lot of great funds out there that are able to find those investment opportunities that are having enormous amounts of impact, but they don't call it impact investing. They don't call it and, and, and trumpet it. They, they say, no, this is just really great, smart investing. Uh, and I think that that's, that's one of the, the challenges in this space is how do we help bring visibility to all of these different ways that different funds and different companies are having impact uh, and and demonstrate that all investments have impact and that we want to get to a world where uh, more investments have more net positive uh, uh, impact. Well, he closed, uh, Steve Case closed his his, his sort of um, rebuttal post as, as saying that they were look forward to doing more to expand their efforts over time. And then he said, this new fund doesn't have specific impact metrics, but we want to be clear, investing in Rise of the Rest Cities is not just good business. It's critical in creating a more evenly dispersed innovation economy. So that's, that's that, you know, he, as you say, he set out to solve a problem, which is, you know, um, uh, talent is, is broadly dispersed, but opportunity not, is not always. And he's created a fund in order to do that. And, and, you know, he's going out to do that. So whether he's measuring it or, or, or not, you know, we can, we can take a look as time goes by and see. And see and see how he's doing. Now, interestingly, there was you know, another another fund that came out in the past year, the TPG Rise Fund, that came out of uh, a traditional mainstream investor. Uh, and TPG Rise, when when they set up their fund, they partnered with Bridgeband, uh, which is a noted nonprofit and philanthropic strategic consulting firm. And they said that Bridgeband was going to be a part of the team that helped them measure and assess their impact. Uh, so that was their way of of kind of solving this problem. And they have and they have quite rigorous, you know, methodologies to, as they say, underwrite that impact. So to be able to really understand what impact they're having with each deal, and then find the metric that you know will, you know, measure that, and then and then and then track it. And 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 they've gone in some something of the other direction, which is they want to be able to really report out that impact very precisely, because frankly, that was the calling card where they went to these some of these actually very same you know Silicon Valley type and other billionaires, and they were not running away from impact because they were using it as their fundraising pitch and, and not to, not to, not to diminish it, but they were saying that it actually is the, the, the appeal. And I think we've heard actually um, anecdotally and through back channels that many of the limited partners in rise of the rest are actually also quite comfortable. And in fact, uh, eager for it to be called an impact fund because that's frankly why they invested in it. So we may actually be seeing that this was the, you know, the last of those who, Last of the funds that said, you know, we're not calling it impact so that we can raise some money. Maybe the next set of funds are going to say we're calling it impact so we can raise some money. <laughs> That's one of those examples where, like, you're much more bullish on impact than I am. 
Like, you will still, you know, I had this conversation the other day with an impact investor, and he was like, look, we have this great fund, and we go out and we try and raise money from institutions, and even if we bury the word sustainability, let alone impact, on page 40 of the slide deck, as soon as they see that, you know, investors either won't invest, or they, they raise the bar in terms of what is expected from us. So, yes, I think that, you know, for certain individuals who want to be seen as impact investing and be seen as making a difference, impact is a positive. Net net for the entire industry, you know, institutional investors, it's still a huge challenge. Well, that's, I think, what Ben Thornley meant by uh, Steve Case had an opportunity to do some education here. And I will predict here on, on Returns on Investment podcast that we haven't heard the last of this debate and that uh, there may be more interesting announcements and, 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 and quotes to, to mine in the future. All right. Well, we will all be uh, tuned in for that, and we will all learn about those future developments and those future debates uh, on the pages of Impact Alpha, the, the digital pages such as it is. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Returns on Investment. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Imogen. Thanks, Brian. And thank you, David. Thanks to both of you. This podcast has been a production of Impact Alpha. Be sure to sign up for Impact Alpha's newsletter, The Brief, providing daily news and actionable intelligence for the growing number of people working to build an inclusive, sustainable, and prosperous future. Special thanks, as always, to our technical producer, Isaac Silk. Thank you, Isaac. From New York, I'm Brian Walsh. On behalf of David Bank and Imogen Rose Smith, thanks so much for listening to Returns on Investment. Returns on Investment.